0: welcome 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 to yet another episode of the bobo and flex show your faves are back like we are back bitch um sorry we ghosted we you, you for
1: so long i know
0: <laughs> we really just left why are we fuck boys are we fuck boys
1: <laughs> yeah literally
0: we really just ghosted I defended everyone.
1: boys for so long just to become one <laughs> I but know. I think it's justified
0: <laughs> forgive us forgive us you know like we'll get better um but we took a break because just capitalism um yeah mm. we just had to handle some things which you will find out about eventually at some point but we are or not
1: I mean it's also not your business <laughs>
0: Why are you one minute in and already being chaotic? Like
1: <laughs> we've got to give everybody what they were missing. I which know is, um, hugs that burn, <laughs> kisses that scratch.
0: Right. Um, for everyone who's for anyone who's new here, or for anyone who's forgotten who the fuck we are, Flex. Would you like mm-hmm. to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm Flex. I'm the Australian voice. I am. 26 I am an Aries I'm an Enneagram 3 I'm a Myers-Briggs ENTP Mm. I am the the voice that everyone always thinks is angry because (laughs) I speak really fast but in reality I don't really care a lot
0: yeah in reality (laughs) she's such a jelly bean like
1: literally (laughs) a little jelly baby you want me to be angry so bad (laughs) but that's not me um I'm here to remind you that um, uh, virtue signaling is real. (laughs) I know that you're fake altruistic. (laughs) It's okay to know that you're a bad person that has bad thoughts. Um, And if you're still not critically thinking uh, about everything that you do, um, then that needs to be addressed very quickly.
0: I love it. I love it. Um hey everyone. I'm Bobo. I'm I'm the voice that everyone thinks is problematic. And I think that's <laughs> just my Gemini placements coming out. Like some days I'm very chaotic and some days I'm still chaotic actually. Uh Chaos is my middle name. I love chaos. I love I love mess. I love the drama. I'm a Gemini. I um I'm from like a distant planet, but the aliens told me not to tell you all where I'm from. Mm, Um, And underneath my skin suit is sometimes a lizard and sometimes a jellyfish. But um, here I am. Here I am. Today is going to be a bit of a chaotic episode. We thought we'd come back with a bang. We thought we'd come back and just like destroy a couple of lives. Because in true Bobo and Flex fashion, that's what we do. So um, Flex discovered a hashtag on TikTok called No Nuance November and we want to dive into some of the No Nuance November takes (laughs) and add nuance to them because that's what we do over here. We add nuance. We love nuance. Do you want to give people some... So (laughs) basically... Yeah. Yeah.
1: The hashtag No Nuance November was started, I'm pretty sure, on TikTok on tiktok (laughs) where basically people would would give hot takes or controversial opinions and not justify or explain them at all a lot of them were spot on and a lot of them were terrible (laughs) and so we've picked out a few spicy ones that we think we should apply some nuance to because i don't know about you but my personal favorite thing to do with bobo is to debate spicy topics yeah (laughs) i think we do that very 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 well Um, And it's so interesting because somebody had mentioned a couple of weeks ago now that Bobo and I agree on everything. (coughs) Sorry, Uh, that Bobo and I agree on everything, which I thought was very strange Mm. because when I think about my relationship with Bobo, I think about like chaotic harmony. Yeah, that's really what it is. That's it we f- we work and we fight and we labor to get to a point of mutual understanding. Mm. It's not necessarily like active, sometimes it's very passive, but it's not um yeah, we're not blessed with agreeing from things from- ver- from the very start, but I would say that Bobo and I have spent two and a half years learning how to understand each other and learning how to communicate in ways that both of us understand very well, so don't get good communication twisted for um increased understanding yeah
0: cuz good communication is the ability to communicate with the intent <coughs> of understanding instead of being right like being right is so yeah. overrated especially in this new world that we live in where truth has been eroded and there is actually no objective reality because people who vote for Trump live in their own reality and the rest of us live in truth <laughs> but (laughs) should we get started with our first no nuance november
1: yeah let's do it
0: um let me pull up the one that i really liked oh yes oh my god
1: do you know which one we should do yeah did you see that one that like um -mm. what was it like most uh leftists use their personal politics as a way to bully others ooh let's get Did into it i one. didn't see it but <laughs> it just came to me in a vision <laughs> i love it let's get into it so that's basically what it was it was just from memory and i watched a lot of these videos so they've jumbled into one but somebody said, yeah, most leftists use their personal politics as a way to bully others and have authority and hierarchy over others. Absolutely. And I said, oh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this goes back to what you said at the beginning of this episode, that virtue signaling is real. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people's politics just exist as a function of self-righteousness as opposed to a function of growth. Like, I think before social media, people engage in politics to, like, learn and grow and just, like, improve themselves in the world. But now that you can get clout for your politics, people engage Mm. in politics as a function of, like, (laughs) gaining self-righteousness and moral absolutism over people for their own self-inflated ego. What are your thoughts on that No Nuance November?
1: It's wild because it hits. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can imagine a lot of people who would read that. So I need to drink some water.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Okay, I'm back. I imagine a lot of people will hear that or read that statement and feel very offended. Mm. Because I recognize that a lot of what uh, left-leaning people have been shown um, when it comes to activism is, you know, very assertive, dominant, um, you know what's the word I'm looking for? Like spear tackling kind of activism where Mm. you must get into the room. You must crumble those spaces. You must make everybody aware that what they're doing is incorrect. You must fight hard for change. And those things are all fact and they're all very true. Mm. But there is such a fine line because I feel like like a lot of us uh, learned our politics from Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) That's number
0: one.
1: And Tumblr, literally. And Tumblr. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of us haven't considered that these thoughts and opinions that we've read aren't fully fleshed out aren't completely nuanced and don't um and don't resonate with every person at every time in every state of being Mm. and life and so we get this air of confidence that we've learned something new that somebody else hasn't and we want to share it with them yeah but that process of sharing becomes you know it goes from altruistic to entitled in three seconds because first mm. it's like, I'm doing them a favor. I'm letting them know that this behavior is problematic. This behavior is not good. This behavior would be offensive. And then if the person you're talking to isn't getting it, it becomes a double down. And we layer on harder and harder and tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. Yeah. Um, and then we lose that nuance. We lose that sense of empathy. And it turned into bullying very quickly. I also think that obviously there's a lack of respect for people who don't share similar opinions, Mm. um, which is fine. Like, I don't care who you give or show respect to. But
0: um, we should discuss that. Yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: But with that in mind, I also feel as though. If you there's an approach to to learning and to teaching, yeah, and I feel like a lot of people who have strong opinions aren't necessarily equipped to teach, yes, um, or to educate about those same opinions. But that's been skewed because we live in a society where the loudest voices get to speak for the longest, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et
0: cetera, et cetera, yeah. So I
1: definitely hear it and I see it.
0: I think also okay. I just had a thought, and it's a thought I'm having for the very first time. So, like, bear with me. But Mm. on this topic, if moral absolutism doesn't exist, then actually what is the point of politics? Or, like, not politics, what is the point of being woke? Because like you said, a lot of the times um, you learn something new and you enter a room and someone says something, quote-unquote, problematic – And you take it onto yourself to educate them, to tell them that actually what you said was wrong, this and this and that. But if there is no such thing as moral absolutism, then like, is there a point in striving for our politics to be morally absolute? Because that is what a lot of woke culture is. It is, Mm. I'm right and you're wrong and I'm going to bully you into being right. But that is a very Mm. like morally absolute way of looking at the world it's a very black and white way of looking at the world it assumes that your reality is objective and someone else's is false but like if that's not the case then is everything that we're doing
1: futile i feel like it comes down to what your motivations are for Mm. anything that you're doing yeah i feel as though you know like you said earlier being someone who's socially conscious or woke is a tool for clout mm. uh, it's a very vain tool that can be used and, and welded by anyone for any reasons mm. we see it a lot in dating when somebody says they're a feminist or they believe that you know people deserve human rights yeah it's like, oh my goodness wow like this is a a top tier person i must i must jump on i must get to know i must slurp them yeah yeah and, and that's really basic things or similarly Um, If you come across someone who is elderly, who has a view that isn't, you know, extremely racist, suddenly they're put on a pedestal because surely they've come from a time where things were differently. How did they learn to be different? We must reward them. Mm. So those of you who don't know what moral absolutism is, because I feel as though it's been a while since we've had a conversation- Oh yeah, on morality. um, With- yeah with themes that aren't um that aren't common so basically moral absolutism is like the belief that what you do and what you say your actions beliefs thoughts are inherently right or wrong yeah black or white it is or it isn't and so you know it's the kind of belief that you know how when people throw those psycho psychological when people use those hypothetical situations and they say you know uh, what if you were stealing food for a starving? <clears throat> what if you were stealing food for a starving family? You know, yeah. isn't that a good thing? Yeah. Someone who believed in moral absolutism doesn't think the ends justify the means. Yeah. So if Stealing is always bad. That even if you stole for a starving family, that is also a bad thing to do. Yeah. And so what we're discussing is if, if you, if your social politics, if your viewpoint on the world is that things are always right and things are always wrong, then is there really a point in being woke? Because it's going to be hard to convince the rest of the world that what they're doing or how they choose to live or what, uh, or what, or um, or how they rationalize things mm. is bad. Like, what do we do with that information? Yeah. And then what? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I think about this because um, I've been thinking a lot about how Facebook about how social media has actually just undermined democracy because there's no such thing as democracy if there's no such thing as like a shared reality. So Mm. Trump supporters log on to Facebook and their timeline is filled with a reality that is literally just like hostile to everyone else's reality who's like not white and American and, and, and. Not only hostile, but also just, like, incoherent. So a Trump supporter logs onto Facebook. And on their timeline, they see an article from Breitbart, if that's how you pronounce it. And the article is, the election was completely rigged. The Democrats and the super extreme left-wing Black Lives Matter Antifa terrorist organization that's trying to kill you all rigged the vote. Like... (laughs) That is all they see 24 seven. So that literally is their reality because the, like we all live on the internet now. Like that's more objective than IRL reality. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't consider myself a leftist, but for <laughs> argument's sake, I log yeah. on to my Facebook timeline and my timeline is filled with like, just like articles about the black people getting shot by the cops articles about why the police need to be abolished articles about how trump treats women like literal shit articles about rape culture and pedophilia culture in politics and 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 so like we literally and then also just articles about how the election was just not rigged because democracy is democracy and like that's all the you know like so if we live in two polar opposite realities um that are dictated by the spaces we occupy online who is to say what is true and what isn't like who am i as a leftist to tell a trump supporter that their reality is any less valid than mine that not only that who am i to tell them that my reality is the morally upstanding and ethical reality over there. Like, by what standard do we measure that? And, like, obviously, I think I'm right because I think, like, I'm, like, no, I'm championing for underprivileged communities and, 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 and championing for climate change, all these things that are literally real to me. But who am I to tell someone else that the reality that they exist in isn't valid?
1: Especially when a lot of people are one convincing argument away from changing their worldview. Mm, (laughs) It doesn't even need to be well-informed. It just needs to be convincing. And suddenly it's like, oh, maybe I didn't see it that way. Maybe I am not well-informed. And I see this kind of behavior coincide with call-out culture because, you know, I think a lot of people are more concerned with making sure that the person who said something... or or is perceived to have said something or implied something that is wrong, Mm. it's more important that they be called out quickly than educated in a well-informed way. So, for example, if you saw... um, Let's say you saw uh, some person say that they're plant-based, right? Mm. A plant-based influencer. But you you misinterpreted that for being vegan and you see them wearing leather shoes and so you run up and you say you know how can you be a real vegan yeah. when you're wearing leather shoes instead of looking and seeing that they're plant-based you've uh, assumed that they're vegan and suddenly you're having a redundant conversation about yeah. why this person can or can't <laughs> wear leather yeah and then it becomes a point of contention and nobody wins mm-hmm. now one person's made to feel uncomfortable one person's made to feel dumb and then you're left at You're left in a place that's probably more regressive than where you started. Facts. And I'm in no means a pacifist. I say fight. Let's debate. Let's Throw hands if you need to. But also, let's do it in a way that's um, smart and informed because I just don't like... (laughs) I personally don't like engaging in fights or debates that could be quelled with a simple Google or a simple question. Oh, no,
0: I literally don't. It's very jobless. That's not a good
1: use of your time. It's very jobless. It's the most
0: jobless activity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nigga, pay me. Like,
0: (laughs) You want me to do your Googles um, for you? Not for free, babes.
1: Honestly, and as somebody who hates being misunderstood, I've definitely had to come to terms with the fact that people... Definitely see what they want to see. Yeah, and a lot of interactions that anybody has with any person is built on all of their projections onto you first. Mm. So, and I, I know most of us, myself included, I'm not in control of my subconscious or conscious mind enough to not project certain qualities and stereotypes onto people that I see. Mm. And prejudice is fuck in that way. Yeah. So if I see a certain group of people, like for instance, if I go to a work event and um okay listen this is a good one if I get booked to speak at a work event about diversity um in the Australian media landscape and I get to that work event and everybody in that environment is white cis straight and like yeah white cis and straight I'm like well now I'm gonna think this whole event is a sham Mm. because I've projected that an event or an organisation with um, uh, with a uh, with a, with diversity on their to do list or on their memo or on their banner will have that reflected in the people that work for them as well. Mm. And that might be the case. That might not be the case. I'm also in Australia, where you know it, things are, things are different here. But with that in mind, I've now projected onto the entire experience, and so it just becomes like. I get why there's friction between people who have different viewpoints. Yeah. And like, blah, 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 blah. But also, like, what is your end game? Because I feel like social wokeness <clears throat> is like, <laughs> it's not useless. It's definitely not useless. Yeah. But I think for the average person, it lacks context.
0: Mm. Yes. Because
1: what do you gather from, let's use person A. Person A is a 21 year old um cis woman in australia who has just read um some critical theory about intersectional feminism yeah and is acutely aware that a lot of the spaces she occupies focuses on a more white feminism than she's comfortable with so now she is actively trying to to, to steer the conversation away from the pay gap and into intersectionality it's amazing but then Mm. look at your friend group not intersectional look at the people that you admire in pop culture not intersectional look at the people that you perceive to be (laughs) um aspirational not intersectional look at the characters quality look at the characters the qualities the traits the physical attributes of people you find to be smart successful whatever not intersectional so what is it for (laughs) <laughs> Bitch, like what, what, yeah not, not that you shouldn't try but also what is the context for subscribing so heavily to a viewpoint that doesn't change your behavior this is why i will like, go to the grave saying i'm capitalism's handmaiden because my affinity <laughs> to critique capitalism isn't from a place of change or, or or want to change currently because if it was i would do a ton of things differently to ensure that my personal behavior was moving um like, was moving our lifestyles into a more socialist way of being. Yeah. Not capitalist. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. But you, not the person listening, maybe it's somebody you know, be mindful of that stuff when when communicating a social wokeness is purely a tool for some sort of clout or validation and hasn't necessarily manifested in action or change. Because some mm. people aren't critiquing to critique. It's critiquing... To to advocate for change, yeah. change they're not gonna have any involvement in. Then what's the point? Yeah, Just literally, what is break, the it's point?
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, what is the point? But um, to also go back to the point that you made about respect, how do you feel about this notion? It's been particularly popular lately. Um, as soon as Biden was, and now as soon as it was announced that Biden is gonna win a lot of liberals came out and were like, hey guys, Katy Perry had this tweet that just had me shaking my head furiously. It was like, hey guys, reach out to your Republican friends and family and (laughs) give them a hug and tell them you forgive them. And I was just like, what is this clownery that's happening? Like why? I'm very curious about I've recently decided that I actually don't believe in forgiving oppressors. I think um, black people will never overcome if we continue to forgive our oppressors and I'll elaborate on that another time. But I also think <laughs> <laughs> I also think the idea that like we oppressed people have a moral obligation to be nice to people who undermine their humanity or to people who actively oppress them is the height of clownery. It is the top tier clown suit. And I wonder like, where did this come from? Like, what are your thoughts on the idea that we must be cordial, civil, respectful, and forgiving of people who view you as less than human, and undermine and question your human rights like what is that all about
1: I love this question Mm. a big fan of this question yeah (laughs) now I want to put up some parameters because I see a lot of this rhetoric on the internet how you know people similar to Katy Perry will be like you know reach out to your people with insert political views here see if they're okay and then similarly people will like you Bobo who's like I don't feel like I have to you know, humanize people or, or, or apply empathy to people who don't view me as human. Yeah. I don't think that for the average person living, let's say I'm going to say Australians because I can't speak for Americans. Mm. But on a day-to-day basis, we're not segregated by political view in the way that I know that the person I'm engaging with has directly contrasting political views than I do. So it's very naive in Australia in particular to say that I am not going to have any respect or cordiality for somebody who has opposing political views because as much as people would like to think that we are led and run and governed by political views, it's not, it's not the case. Mm. Like I would much, I would, it would make a lot more sense to me if somebody said, I'm not going to engage with somebody who doesn't have a diverse friend group, at least with that it's practical You can see it, you can mark it, and you can move on from there. Or I'm not going to engage with somebody who um, won't go to certain postcodes or certain – because there's postcode hierarchy. What do you call postcodes in America? Zip codes. I'm not going to go to certain zip codes because I'm afraid of the people who live there. Then you can be more mindful. But this whole, like, if somebody voted for the opposing party, I'm not going to be friends with them, is a very American thing. Mm. Granted, When it comes to when I think of that tweet or statement Katy Perry made, go hug your your Republican friends. Yeah, ill boring. Yeah, but then I want people to think about their current friend group, their their family, uh, like their family system, and be real and tell me that everybody who you engage with and love has progressive views like you do. Yeah, I guarantee you, it's not the case. Yeah. I know for a fact, the energy you're spending, you know, talking about Republicans is Republicans are on the internet. Most of you don't have that same energy for the ones in your family who are feeding you, clothing you, making sure you have a place to sleep, making sure that you're fed and watered, making sure like, it's not, it's not, it's not practical. Yeah, no, absolutely. This discussion is never practical. I feel like we're often, (laughs) when we think about people who have opposing Uh, political views we're always thinking of a a mystery the imaginary person the imaginary republican with the confederate flag who's also part of the KKK part time (laughs) who definitely lynches like that's what you're thinking of but bring it down to a more practical sense please like There's no way that, I mean, I don't know. I personally don't have friends like that. Like, I've got 10 friends. So, I know for the 10 of us, I know where we stand. Yeah. But for those of you who are in uni who are constantly engaging with different people, building relationships, swipe, swipey on Tinder, don't tell me that political views are your decision makers for how you're engaging with people initially. Mm. Though it may come up indirectly when you start to unravel that this person is inherently. has internalized misogyny this person believes that socialism is a scam these things will come up in conversation but definitely i don't think it's unrealistic to quote-unquote respect someone with opposing political views if political views aren't a function for the way that you live most people aren't educated in how political views will intersect with their day-to-day life be like it's just this discussion around political beliefs i find to be so impractical because most people don't sit in like a clean left and clean right anyway yeah yeah no i think suddenly it's like (laughs) no i think you're a socialist are you an anarchist (laughs) are you with this it's like can we just (laughs) can we just be no i feel you but i
0: think what what is problematic is the fact that forgiveness is framed as an ethical question and not Mm -hmm. an emotional question so like Mm-hmm. The idea that forgiving people is something you do because it is the ethically upright thing to do because it is the ethically morally because it's the morally upright thing to do I think is really flawed because I think the purpose of forgiveness is to rid yourself of the burden of carrying else of carrying someone else's like notions about you or whatever they did to you but I think oftentimes when it comes to politics the onus is always on oppressed people to forgive their oppressors and i just don't think that oppressed people's forgiveness is even real like how do i frame this yeah like i just don't even think oppressed people forgiveness is real because your oppressor is above your offer of salvation so like mm. i on a practical level 100% i think the vast majority of people you simply cannot afford to be cutting people out you like you're going to cut off your mom like you're going to cut off your parents mm-hmm. because they
1: voted for tr- like And also for what and for, like what is yeah, actually like made in a day to day
0: But unlike a like when we when we talk about politics and morality I feel like forgiveness is always framed as an ethical question and that is in my opinion just like gaslighting it's really just a tool to gaslight marginalized and oppressed people into like like obeying and going along with the status quo i guess i'm struggling to understand like what is the purpose of forgiveness when it comes to politics like why are black people expected to forgive white people for what they've done why are the gays expected to forgive straight people like what is the purpose of forgiveness when it comes to politics? And instead of forgiving, why don't we why don't we replace forgiveness with civil disobedience? Like things like that.
1: Yeah, forgiveness in in relation to politics is like respectability propaganda. Facts. It's used it for It's <laughs> yeah. definitely for the person who did the thing wrong exactly. who wants to feel better about it. Exactly. <laughs> There's no mutual benefit. I spoke about it in my other podcast the uh, semi factual history lessons yeah. about forgiveness is definitely it's a definitely a tool that people wield over you yeah. to absolve them of any hurt or pain that they've put onto you. It's definitely because anyone will tell you forgiveness, like the definition of it, especially is to make a conscious and deliberate decision to um, release any feelings of animosity mm. over someone. Who yeah. is that for? Yeah. I'm quite happy with these feelings of animosity. <laughs> That's comfortable <laughs> <Yeah>. for me. <laughs> Consciously releasing them so you can sleep comfortably, I'm not interested. Yeah, like but what also do you I mean? feel like I feel like if you're choosing to like this idea.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
1: It's tricky because I know some people have inherently political bodies which means I can't separate how politics and policies will affect them because it, it will always affect them but my issue is the people leading these conversations the most visible people mm. of these like uh, online spaces that are encouraging us to like Make sure you you don't engage with the Republicans and like they're lesser than and subhumans. This is the same rhetoric that people were using to describe black people or mm. like uh, like gay people. It's yeah, just like the tables have turned. All this stuff just feels like a shifting power. We're constantly just changing uh, who has power. Who has power to make people feel less than? Make people um, also like I don't know. I just the whole con- the whole thing is impractical to me. Yeah. I think it's so messy. If you have enough energy to start cutting people off based purely on their political views, then I feel like you're missing out on greater issues as well. Mm. I think someone's political views do a good job at encompassing what they believe, but not while communicating what they believe in. Yeah. In the same yeah. way that when someone says that they're a feminist, it encompasses what they believe in, but it doesn't properly communicate what they believe in. Fact. How many feminists don't believe that trans women are real women? Yeah. This, these are your people. <laughs> but, yeah, that's your, your that's your creed. That's your creed. That's my issue. Yeah. So like, if you happen to be someone who, let's say is a Republican who doesn't think that uh, minorities are subhumans, Yeah. suddenly I don't feel as bad, yeah. you know, because that's yeah. what's coming to mind when I think of a Republican. Someone yeah. believes that my life is inferior. If you happen to be a Republican uh, for economic reasons, but you believe that, you know, it's pro-choice, you know, minorities are real people, Trump has bad policies, but also it's in the family, whatever. Make dumb decisions that work for you. But these things aren't impacting uh these things aren't contrasting or conflicting and things that I also believe.
0: Ooh, right? wait, so wait. But what start, if they are? What
1: if- Well, when, if they are, absolutely. But you don't know that based on someone saying that they're oh, liberal okay. or not. Okay, okay. Right? Like, I see it's a dumb mean. thing that we've assumed that everyone who says that they're progressive and left-leaning has compatible belief systems and they don't. Mm. i met a ton of leftists who start to say really sus things when it comes to- immigration refugees and i'm like oh yeah
0: is it,
1: yeah is it like i was reading a tweet the other day that said that if your if your policies or your um if your policies or the like direction you want for humanity isn't accessible by people in the lower class then it's not progressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. Like I feel like a lot of like when we start speaking about leftist politics, theories or whatever, it gets so academic so quickly that I'm like yeah. well, in a practical sense. Mm. Like let's think practically. Like how does this change someone's life from today or tomorrow? You can't be talking to people who are already suffering under the system about like ideally, and like you know, <laughs> yeah. in a utopian society, we would abolish. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I I think about that even when it comes to the the conversation about abolishing the police is really interesting because it's very theoretical. It's mm-hmm. extremely. I often see white women talking about abolish the police and I'm like, wait, you are the most protected human being on this entire planet and you're talking about abolish the police? This might not be your conversation, fam. This conversation (laughs) is not for you. So, like, I completely agree that, like, a lot of... A lot of politics and a lot of, like, woke culture is very theoretical and very lofty. And the problem Mm. is that politics or like the theory behind politics is created by people who are so far removed by the people who are actually who are so far removed from the people who are actually affected by politics unfortunately politics is extremely academic and unfortunately the people most affected by politics are very far removed from academia And this is like the fundamental paradox of of politics and why it'll continue to be useless is that the people who make decisions are so far removed from the people who are affected by these decisions. So like there is always a disconnect and an asymmetry into like the efficacy of politics. It's also like human beings' insistence on putting people in boxes that really fucks Mm. us up. You know, like language will always fail us when we're talking about markers of identity because there are as many genders as there are human beings on this planet. There's also as many politics, like there are as many political markers of identity as there are human beings on this planet. So it really is just kind of futile to create all these boxes, like liberal and republican and conservative and leftist like all of these boxes are just too vague to encompass like any one human experience so at the end of the day they just become really futile
1: and it's when i think i've been reading a bunch of op-eds about um the election but also like not from a political standpoint but more of an anthropological standpoint like what it's done to people Mm. and, and how safe and seen and heard that they feel from what's happening right now. And it's like for the average person, when an election happens, or when changes are made from top down, it very rarely benefits you. You're Mm. more so thinking about how badly it's gonna impact you. So it's on a scale from not so bad to very bad. And so with that in mind, it's almost as though it's not a call to compartmentalize, you know, your political assigning, to your actual beliefs but also it's like we're all about nuance until it comes to this binary way of thinking yeah like you must choose one or the other and if you choose the other then it must mean x amount of things and it's yeah like, so we we just spent four years on twitter talking about nuance um no, no moral absolutism <laughs> no this no this and then suddenly these elections come and it's like, oh, you know, I read certain, this person has views that lean more here. Therefore, they're less than. Mm. Listen to yourself. I know. And also, in a practical sense, right... If we all know, or if we all expect, um, and when I say we all, I'm just going to generalize everybody who listens to this podcast. If we believe that our government will truly never really do anything that's completely in our favor because it's a business what they're doing yeah. and they have their own priorities, their own ag- agendas, their own objectives, um, and then we know that if we really want change to be felt then it needs to happen on a local community level what's where is the push for that yeah that's I mean, the like, thing. yeah if we, it's like we keep reconciling these two very incompatible thoughts and being disappointed every time yeah yeah like i was reading a tweet after biden got elected somebody was um roasting the people like the minority groups and all these people who were cel- like celebrating that Biden had won but also forgetting the big picture like yeah. for a lot of people he was the lesser evil so like celebrate but also don't get lost in the source of what you're celebrating yeah with.
0: like he's not our savior fam
1: like he's he's not Mm-mm. the one <laughs> which <laughs> he's not your executioner yeah but it's like, like you'll still be sitting in the backs <laughs> with the vermin literally <laughs> <And> the- <laughs> literally <laughs> which oh, brings gosh. us
0: to um this other new no nuance november take that i really like there is no such thing as a good politician as even if they go in with admiral intentions the system corrupts them what are your thoughts on this
1: i mean i feel like being a politician is a job and yeah. it's us as people who have you know really gotten it twisted and assumed that it's a it's a um vocation of virtue Mm, you know like the best of us that go and do this job it's like uh, uh, it's a job that's only awarded to the smartest the the most um how do i say it like i'm trying to find the words like communicate this concisely the point is it's a job and i'm not and i'm not surprised when anybody behaves in a way that prioritizes the job and our country as a business yeah i think it's very naive of us it's not completely naive but it's very naive of us to assume that anybody elected into a position um, will prioritize the people over the position they've been paid to uphold yeah
0: like can you imagine i feel
1: like change is in the benefit of of the people but when you're in a certain position of power you can't resonate with the problems of with problems that you haven't experienced or will never experience Mm. or currently don't experience there's also always going to be this sense of separatism between the people and their politicians because I mean unless and I mean unless this is happening Like this is why on a community scale, there can be that similarity and that cohesion between the people and the person elected to be in charge because you are in the community. You are a reflection of the community and you are aware of what the community needs. When you've been elected into a position of power so large, there's such a huge gap between what you've been, the people you've been elected to uphold, to benefit, and the job you have at stake. And I feel like if there was a Venn Venn diagram, that overlap would be so small, like
0: non-existent. There would be no overlap. <laughs> like, yeah, no. And I don't even yeah. need to
1: sound cynical. It just sounds really practical to me. Like, I'm, I when anybody gets elected, even if it's like the first non-binary person, the yeah. first black woman, I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. I absolutely get it. But also, like, we we keep looking for change makers. Or we keep looking for radical change through one person that's used very traditional, um, used a very traditional approach to get to a very traditional place.
0: Mm, yeah. You know how yeah. like when
1: everybody was surprised that Caitlyn Jenner was a Republican? Or yeah, a Republican? like wh- how are you surprised like, Why are you surprised? <laughs> like <laughs> she is who she is, despite what we're projecting onto her yeah. based on what we assume her gender identity should say about her yeah
0: it's also just important so when I to see a
1: progressive person a progressive politician i'm like we think it's progressive because they're black they're not binary they're whatever but also they're politicians yeah
0: like they're which prioritizing their power and their coin which is like i think it's important for people to recognize that like class is everything like the root of all politics is actually just class. So you could be a black queer non-binary trans, like all of the things. You just occupy all the things, but as soon as you get a billion dollars, you're voting for Trump. You're voting for people will always <laughs> people will always lean towards their money. I think it's like a lot of people. Something that I learned this year is that. A lot of people aren't, they don't have allegiance to anything but money. Like, I think the assumption Mm -hmm. is that like, oh, people who vote for Trump, their allegiance is to America. Oh, oh, their allegiance is to white supremacy. No, their allegiance is actually just to money. Like, that is their only religion. And that's all there is to it. So like, of course, Caitlyn Jenner is voting for Trump. Like, of course, 50 Cent is voting. Of course, Lil Wayne is voting for just know that all these celebrities are voting for trump fam because their allegiance is to their money and like that's which like to go back to the question this is why i completely agree that there is no such thing as a good politician because the premise of politics is white supremacist patriarchal capitalism like That is the foundation on which everything political and social and economic is built. So you could put anyone in that position and they will have to be a white supremacist patriarchal capitalist because that is what the job demands of them. Like Kamala is literally a cop. She is a whole cop and she's going to continue to be a cop kamala round these niggas up harris she's going to round Ah! the niggas up (laughs) like that's what she's here to do like this is the role she's occupying and for for people to have this expectation that like oh she's a black woman she's gonna liberate no she's gonna lock you niggas up immediately on site she's rounding everyone up you're going to jail and then you're going to prison (laughs) Like she is rounding niggers up because that is what the job demands despite her political intersections.
1: So the nuance in there are no good politicians is saying that even if you are somebody who on an individual level is a good person by the standards of whoever's looking at you, yeah. that when you go into that job, that job precedes any individual um you know any individual good traits that you might have because the Mm. job requires you to do things that contradict that yeah so like that is that is the nuance in the statement (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) imagine people thought Obama was gonna save them like a war criminal was gonna save you how sway isn't
1: that the thing about human nature I mean people would like to think that humans are always looking for the best it's no we're just a bunch of dummies with goldfish memory and we keep projecting yeah. onto these situations, these environments, what we prefer to happen, presuming that or, or living as though our preference has ever changed the way the world works. <laughs> this is why there's always been, I mean, I, and I think it's really interesting because, you know, we're living in a time of rampant individualism, right? Where mm. like we're completely unique. You know, we do this for us, by us, yet we keep looking to these very like detached individuals to see us. At our very individual plight, very unique plight, and do things that will benefit us. It doesn't add up. Are we Mm. individuals? Is it rampant individualism, or is it democracy and community? Literally,
0: like it, because the two cannot. Which is also why democracy is such a scam. Like there is no democracy under capitalism. Like capitalism demands that everyone be a rampant individualist, and democracy in order to function requires that everyone be collectivist like mm-hmm. we are all voting for the greater good under a yes. system that requires you to be self-serving How way like the paradox the inconsistencies <laughs>
1: <laughs> it doesn't add up
0: it absolutely it does not add, add up. up so you yeah. know it's all a scam um mm-hmm. all of politics is a scam democracy is also why
1: theory is a scam because theory and discussing things in a theoretical sense gives us all the belief that things could move in a direction that we think is better purely because theoretically it should it makes sense Mm. but what we've gathered from from looking at any theoretical uh idea in a practical sense is that there's too many conflicting uh, belief systems or or ways of being uh, that stop that or that refute this theoretical thing from Yes. Happening. So theoretically, let's say um, uh, theoretically, between everybody who is living above the poverty line, we could bring everybody living below the poverty line up out of poverty. Mm. Very simply, whether yeah. that's you know giving fifty dollars of your income a month. However you want to divide it between the however many billion people are living above the poverty line. In theory, amazing. In yeah. a practical sense, it now begs the question, there's more nuance between above and below the poverty line. If I'm one rung above the poverty line and I'm still using food stamps, I'm still on government benefits, I can't afford to pay for the bus to go to work, but I can afford to you know, uh, eat today. Does that make me equipped enough to help somebody who's one rung below me right elevate the society. Right. And now all the you now all this nuance in our individual ways of living starts to contradict the greater the greater mission of <laughs> everyone above the public line. Bit you above. like so give some what you have for those below. <laughs> I think the other... somebody would have done it for you.
0: Yeah, like but that's also the scam is that No one is aware of where they are in terms of class. So like, middle class people think they're broke bitches. Like, broke bitches think they're peasants. Peasants think they're homeless. Like, it is madness. (laughs) And it's Mm -hmm. all the scam of secrecy. Like, this, the way that we shroud politics with secrecy is intentional. It is by cultural design i was seeing the way that like before the election everyone was like vote make sure you go out and vote and i was just annoyed by the fact that no one had the balls to say who they were voting for and it Uh is that secrecy (laughs) that maintains white supremacy because your faves Mm. will be like i went out and (laughs) voted as if they didn't vote for Trump. <laughs> Nigga, like, don't. <laughs> who did you vote for? Like, we need to, we need to start forcing people. <laughs> like, no, We need to start, like, I will pistol whip you right now if you don't say who you voted for. Like, <laughs> we will fight on su- We need, We no, we absolutely need 100% transparency. I think a reason why a lot of people are shook about politics is because virtue signaling is so real and so high. A lot of people are out here virtue signaling as liberal for clout, cough, cough, all the celebrities, and then going out to vote for Trump because that's what actually benefits. No, 100% transparency, bitch. When you get to that poll, (laughs) you take a picture.
1: Take a selfie. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Go with your MAGA hat, with your full (laughs) chest. (laughs) 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 yeah no no more i also feel like we should normalize just like talking about how much we earn like we should normalize talking about mad shit the fact that everything is so secret is such a scam i actually can't believe it wow
1: but what came first though the secrecy or the, the negative response to openness. Because Ooh. you know how in the last five years or so, right? There's been this push for openness, authenticity, transparency, that kind of culture. And yeah. it's, it's from like the individuals um, to like businesses, corporations, groups of people, this whole thing. But watch the way it backfires, right? So let's like, mm. say somebody comes out and they say, oh, you know, like I'm mentally unwell. I've been suffering with depression. Mm for a short amount of time that becomes a tool for union for sameness for oneness like wow we're going through it together yeah then it becomes a tool to wield power if you have depression why are you going out if you have depression why don't you talk about it anymore if you have depression, you know how come you you have enough time to make money, uh, mm. going to work, but you don't have enough time to volunteer, whatever. If you have depression, why haven't? And then suddenly it becomes a, a marker for your behavior and identity, right? And then it backfires, right? All these companies who are like, "We're going to be so transparent about what we're doing," and then pull up for change happened, where you have to disclose how many, how diverse your workspace was, and then it was it was quiet. Yeah, now it it's was crickets. <laughs> You know, and then because because consumers were assuming that if this call for diverse communication and diversity uh, through social media and any of those outward forms of communication were happening, it would reflect the head office. No, bitch. That's (laughs) not how it works. Yeah. And so suddenly these brands that were at the top of the food chain were revered for being diverse and and, uh, multicultural or whatever are now being shunned because whatever their press releases and their social media copy was saying isn't reflected where it matters.
0: Mm. Similarly,
1: you know, this conversation um, about money, right? Yeah. Look what happens when any influencer, not even influencer, look how much money happens when it's disclosed how much any person of profile gets paid to do what they do. Right, yeah. It's never regarded well because people don't believe... Uh, because like meritocracy is also a scam. Like mm. what you are paid is not reflective of your merit. That's not it. Mm. If that was the case, then anyone in the minimum wage job working at a fast food chain or at, at a checkout would be paying would be getting paid much more for what they do because they Fact. do it well. Fact. Nobody yeah. cares that you do it well. Yeah. You're just on the pecking order at the bottom because that's how you've been regarded by the system. So it's like, it's not even the disclosure of things that needs to happen. But the understanding of what disclosing actually means for people, Mm. because we keep assuming that transparency equals greater understanding, it equals context. No, it only projects how much of what we do is led by systems that don't benefit us. Right? Imagine us going through a whole schooling system being like meritocracy is what we need to do. We need to apply ourselves. We need to be the best. Come to find out, yeah, it's nepotism, bitch. (laughs) Yeah,
0: literally. (laughs) That's why, like, the foundation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah no the foundation of transparency has to be like dismantling illusions like we have to be transparent about what is an illusion and what isn't so like you said mm-hmm. meritocracy is a scam let's be transparent about it like those yeah. who are in the highest positions of power are not there because of merit bitch like we need to all start being transparent about that shit because that will then open a pandora's box of all the other scams until we realize that actually all of society is built on a bed of scams and we're all just part of this big ass scam this big ass pyramid scheme where we're just the chess pieces for no reason really like i often think (laughs) about the fact that like (laughs) yeah just for funsies like just like we're just living in like white men's fantasies just for no reason and i often think about the fact that like human beings are the only species that have built societies around scams like we we are the only species that's oriented our entire lives around things that aren't real like our entire lives are oriented around money which isn't real around like all of these institutions which also aren't real around morals and ethics which also aren't real around like markers of identity which also aren't real whereas like if you look at a dog that nigga doesn't care about the stock market that nigga doesn't care what (laughs) another dog in turkey is doing like (laughs) like (laughs) dogs live in the physical realm and we just live in like all of these imaginary realms where nothing is actually real and yet we cling on to our illusion so much and then we wonder why everything is a scam wow
1: that was really hurtful <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think that's the title of this episode it's all a scam
1: i think what we need and When I say we, what's benefited me is a practicality when it comes to my belief systems. Mm. I feel as though, and I don't think we've talked about this at length, but I definitely see how the internet has radicalized myself and so many people that I know Mm. in a way that's completely impractical and lives in an imaginary space on the (laughs) internet.
0: Ooh, talk about it. Like, what do you mean by that?
1: It's in the way that on the internet, you're given so much uh, power and stock to, uh, to consume these little beliefs and these little forums on the internet. And, and it's not even like we're doing, okay, let's say you read, you go on a forum, right. And you read about how like, um, uh, capitalism is a scam. It's not for your benefit. You know, uh, these systems are made to, uh, devalue us or make us feel as though we have no inherent values. So we keep working, blah, 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 blah. Great. Cool. 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 Then so on the internet, you can greatly further that belief by telling everyone, you know, hey, this is what I learned. Capitalism is a scam, blah, 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 blah. This is great. And then you log off the internet. And you go to your go job. to your emails, <laughs> yes. see that you have an electricity bill due, and then you go to your job. Yeah. And then when you're in your job, you forget that this is a scam. And you take it to heart when a customer is mean to you or you you settle into this inferior position because you're in a service-based industry and suddenly you can't contextualize what you've learned on the internet to how to practically apply what you now know. And often the theory that we've learned, it's not that it's too hard to apply. It's that we have to consciously accept that what we've deemed to be Uh, the things that we've deemed to be important to us have to shift in order to apply what we've learned into the real world. Yeah. So it's one thing to know that capitalism is a scam, but will you do what it takes to not be led or not be ruled by this scam? Probably not. Yeah. And I think that's a fine thing to know, but there's a disconnect between what we know to be true on the internet where we learn things, regurgitate things, say things, experience things, are validated for these belief systems. Versus in the real world where you've realized you don't have an army of 10,000, 100,000 to validate your belief systems. You just have yourself and you need to have the vocabulary, the determination, the endurance to see that belief through. And you probably don't and you probably won't. Mm. And so for me, I've been trying to bridge the gap between the things that I think I believe in deeply and, and ensuring that that transcends when I'm in a physical space.
0: How do so, you like, do
1: that? The, the step for me, like for for me, I think like race relations are, are take precedence over capitalism for me. Like I'm not doing shit all about capitalism. That's not yeah. my business. Yeah. <laughs> race relations, I feel like I can do something about that. So when I walk into a space, let's say a new job, right? That's touted this like, divert, like, oh, good example. So I was invited to this event, right? This like, Char—I don't know if it's not a charity, but like this an art initiative for to create you know spaces for artists um uh in Sydney to have events due to Corona we've had a lot of venues shut down so like these these people have created this this space that so artists can come in have events we can celebrate them in a small group we can promote them we can keep their careers going while we suffer through this really like you know limbo state right Mm. and so in a lot of the the copy of, of the emails they're sending it's like you know it's diversity first we're trying to uplift and elevate the artists who need it the most uh we're creating a safe uh space for discussion for art for all this stuff just real internet fucking lingo so you assume when you get to a space like this it'll be like Minorities. It'll be people who are here to have, you know, a uh, critical discussion. Right. People who have a good understanding of what the industry is like, how it's changed, who's been affected by the industry, ensuring that the people who are allowed to come to this event are representative of the industry at heart. All of these things. Right. So I'm thinking good stuff. At the very least, ethnics at the very most, like, you know, just like, a, a you know, I was expecting big things. Anyway. Yeah. I get to this event. And I am the only visible minority. Oh, wow. <laughs> along with the guest that I bought, who was also a minority. Yeah. This whole room, while there was only... Oh, and the person that was the artist, of course, was, you know, a minority. Yeah. So we've got two black people and an Asian. So I walk into this space and granted it's, it's COVID, so you can only have 20 people or whatever. And of the 20 people, tell me why the majority are white. Not an issue to me. Yeah. But I would say 80% of the people there are over the age of 50. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. This was meant to be, like, young people, the artists who've been affected the most, the up-and-comers, you know, the people who are responsible for building the culture uh, in Sydney, like, a creative scene. And I'm seeing 50-year-olds. No worries. The venue itself, I assumed, would be in a space that was made for music. Or, you know, so it'd be, like, a bar, a, you know, a hall, whatever it was. No, it was in somebody's house. But this house was in one of the richest suburbs in Sydney. Well, Like... Like, I'm talking <laughs> where where our landmark is on the water, this this house had a direct view nothing blocking it bitch so i'm thinking oh okay maybe they got some funding you know like maybe it's like a yeah okay interesting so i'm looking around and i'm thinking like what how like how did i get it so confused and i'm like surely it's not the language depicted or the language gave me the the i don't know the thought that this would be a different event than it was right So I'm looking around, assuming that more people are coming, you know, the vibe will change. It didn't change. So basically, we get to like the interview portion of the night where the artist, the black artist, black Australian artist was being interviewed by this white man. Not an issue. Again, these things aren't issues. Tell me why the conversation leads very heavily into, hasn't it been hard for you being an immigrant? He wasn't. Mm. Um, when are you going to make the change to moving to America, where you'll be, you know, where your music will be embraced better? He's not planning to. <laughs> How many? <laughs> a woman in the crowd. Uh, as soon as we sat down and and the artist was was uh, was introduced to us, she yelled, "Yo, yo, yo, bitch!" Oh my Tell god! Tell me why when it called for question time. The first question that was asked this Black Australian artist was, "How many grills do you have?" Well, tell like, me why. Like, like so, and then I'm like, "Gosh, this is this is what I'm here to do." Like, it would be remiss of me to go through this whole event and not say shit. Yeah. So, what did I do? I said shit. I said. How is it received? Not, what I'm not trying to do is confront the organiser and say what you would explain to me versus what this is, is, is not compatible because I'm not trying to be attacked in this lady's home right. <laughs> about the inconsistencies, so I penned an email and I said I listed everything, the yo bitch the grills, the inconsistencies in, the not not only the inconsistencies in the event that she pitched versus the event that happened, but her incessant, incessant um, critique of Australian media and how she spent the last so many years in America and she's seen how progressive it is and Australia is so backward, blah, blah, blah. You make a space to, to elevate young artists and yeah. your whole invite list is over 50. What the fuck how?
0: do you mean? How? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I
1: mentioned the interviewing style about how it was very, very... Um, oh, what's the word that I use? It was just... Actually, let me pull up the email. Okay, yeah. I said the interview was very asking very presumptuous questions about race and upbringing while using a very American lens to contextualise this guy's very Australian experience. He mm. was very out of touch. Um, oh, and the fact that like when it got to the actual performance, the majority of people were on drugs or drunk, oh my and they God. were like dancing on the artist. Just the whole thing was a mess. Just a mess. And so when I got the when I got the response, I said they were appreciative of the feedback. And then, you know, in regards to the woman who yelled about the grills and the yo bitch, you know, like we've already said that, you know, that was disrespectful, we've addressed her. And then the moderator of the conversation, well, you know, he's a white man and, you know, they have the best of intentions sometimes, but you know, they can be out of touch. In my head, I was like, if these are the people that you invite to represent your event, with all these themes and priorities you have in mind, please ensure that you back them. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the email that I wanted to receive was not the one that I got. I didn't want a a, a profuse sorry. I wanted an acknowledgement and double down. Say that you stood by it. Because what I'm thinking is like, you were just banking on the fact that nobody would say shit. So you could just keep running these events and having this really warped view of what it is to support someone or whatever. And then, so we, ha- we have this back and forth email about how I'm like, no, like, it's not good enough. I'm not going to come to another event. I'm not going to, like, publicly, like, take the time out to coach you through what should or shouldn't be happening. Because yeah. this should happen if you plan to do an event that's for diverse fucking people. I said, this is where, this, these are the hills I'm going to die on. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to, like, dismantle a system. I'm trying to make sure the individual interactions I have with people align with their politics and my politics. Like I can't be doing this whole like, the amount of people I see, especially my peers in like media and stuff who are always like, you know, like suck misogynist people, suck people who use us for tokens or whatever. But then I see you in these same rooms, rubbing shoulders, not calling shit out, (laughs) like being real comfortable about the whole thing. Every day. Baby, you will still get your check if you call a bitch out. Literally. I do it all the time. (laughs) i do it all the time i think you
0: know? that's like that's so important for people to know though like you will still get your check even if you're not a fucking just a mat for everyone to walk over like yeah, just say something at the very least it's,
1: at the very least because what i'm more afraid of than not is someone is is being in those environments not calling it out the person getting called out in future and using me as a political porn and saying, well, she was there, she did Yeah, yeah. And it takes nothing. I mean, I think most people have a really um, tricky relationship when it comes to confrontation because they're yeah. assuming the worst will happen. Very few people can take confrontation well. So at the most, people will accept it and move on. Yeah, like e- in situations where I've where I've been, and I oh, obviously I'm a, I'm a different personality type, so I can be quite domineering and assertive. But say in whatever tone you want to, it's just not even like I'm not even advocating for people to say shit. But it's like I'm sick of this like online we virtue signal we say we're gonna do things we're calling out companies where you know we're we're, we're canceling people but then in these physical spaces where it matters the most where it's impacting yeah. your life the most suddenly we're quiet That's i hate the that problem. it's really frustrating yeah so like i'm not saying be a warrior but be consistent for your play or move over yeah because what <laughs> i'm really. seeing is when i see when I see people taking up space in these conversations, I say, I don't need to take up the same amount of space, you know? Like, we don't need six vocal people breaking their back for the same cause if the majority of us have ties to that organisation and can say shit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it takes nothing. Yeah. And also... The other thing that I want to mention is if you're in a position where you're calling somebody out, especially these corporations, you need to stand your ground. Yeah. The amount of conversations I've had with people, especially on the let's say if I'm on the receiving end of being called out and I respond with very measured I respond with something measured and considered and people are like, oh my god, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. No! If yeah. you're going to spend energy calling <laughs> someone out, make sure your research researched, yeah. well informed and you're ready, you're ready to see it through. Don't back down when they respond. That's not when it happens. Back down when you're sure that it's been well understood from both parties what's happening.
0: Exactly.
1: Okay, I'm done ranting. No, I love that.
0: (laughs) I I hope everyone was literally taking notes. I need you to to reverse, to rewind, and take (laughs) notes and remember this. Because, like, humanity depends on this shit. It's every day, especially with women. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like, mm mm-mm.
1: I would love and I would love if the majority you know how when it was black tile days and people were saying um, that you know if they didn't see their friend or their colleague or their boss post a black tile that they would look at them differently that they didn't trust them anymore whatever that was I was like this is my thing. I'm looking at you differently. So yeah. I'm looking at them differently. Yeah. Because if you're not going to call it out, if you're not going to pull them aside, if you're not going to do chit-chats, then you, you are as complicit as they are. Mm. If anything, you two are a team. <laughs> yeah. Batman and Robin. You know, Bonnie and Clyde. I see you both. <sighs> oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> one's passive, one's active. Either way, you're cut from the same cloth to me. Yeah. I'm not looking for virtual markers or digital markers of you know social consciousness anymore no, no 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 i want the person in the room to call it out when something sus i can't do it anymore
0: yeah i can't do this yeah thing. no no it's it's not sustainable so there you have it guys like what a comeback like <laughs> this is an intense episode to come back with but i love it i love it please let us all know yes. what you think
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um okay. join
0: our facebook group let's continue the conversation we also have a patreon where you can have more intimate conversations about all of this stuff and our patreon is patreon.com slash bobo and flex that is where you can listen to ad free episodes as well as join a community of lizards and aliens who are mm-hmm. just really incredible and have conversations follow us on instagram on Twitter. Everything is Bobo and Flex. All the links will be in the description box below. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50